1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Indeed, it is time for the get right here on DFW Sports Station 105. Three, the fan, the young guns taking over once again. My name is Alec Medford. I am joined by the fan phenom, Blake Elliott, And we've got Larry Flores holding things down for you. A full show tonight, 7 to 11. And we've got a lot to get to going into yet another holiday weekend. Got Cowboys football. We got the stars on TV today. We got the Cotton Bowl Classic. Got so much going on tonight. So much going into the weekend. Uh, Myself and Blake will be with you tomorrow for the Specs Tailgate show. As well. But the Truckwork.com text line is 877 881 1053 881 1053 to get involved in any and all of our conversations. Also live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam or 1053 the fan on YouTube. Blake, going into another holiday weekend. How are we feeling tonight? It's Friday. It's finally here. This personally, because of Christmas being on a Monday, yep. this felt like the longest week
3: ever. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been keeping track of the days. Every day has kind of just been convoluted together. To be completely honest, it feels like every day is the same. Like you said, with the holidays, they just felt a lot closer. Christmas on, have we ever had Christmas on a Monday?
2: I mean, mathematically, yes, we've had to. That's how the calendar works.
3: Bro. Okay, Christmas on a Monday really threw me for a looper. It's already we're
2: one minute into the show and we're already starting off with a bang. Look at this,
3: <laughs> and it's it's we're going to have New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is more popular than New Year's Day, and that's tomorrow. And the next thing you know, it's 2024. That it is true. 2024 is abound.
2: Man, I'm telling you, I, I didn't realize that, you know, the prep that goes into New Year's Eve for a lot of people uh, because it's falling on a Sunday this year. I stopped by Specs on the way here, and I should have uh, gave myself more time so I could have show prep time because I did not realize how big of a crowd there was going to be of people out there getting their pregame on getting everything stocked up because the holiday had to fall on a Sunday this year but we are here with you through it all I will also be with you and Blake at uh, different times on New Year's Day we will be with you on New Year's Eve for a brief two and a half hour show as well so uh, if you're tired of us I'm sorry we are here for the next few days in a row and we're going to start off tonight's show talking about this Cowboys-Lions matchup that you can hear right here on your Home of the Cowboys, 105 through the fan tomorrow, starting in the afternoon. Of course, Jimmy Johnson, Ring of Honor Day. There's a lot to talk about with this game, but I was listening to Sean and RJ this morning with RJ and Bobby Belt. Uh, no Sean this week, but as one might, if you Tolo, if you turn it on, I'll leave it on. And it got me thinking when I heard their interview with head coach Mike McCarthy. And I was thinking about this game throughout the course of the week, trying to think about you know some of the keys to the game and whatnot that we've talked about on the radio. But one thing that I don't think is being talked about enough, we've talked a lot about this being a top five rushing offense in the Detroit Lions. They got a really good passing attack as well. And I think the Lions' biggest threat to the Cowboys specifically might not be a running back, This will be cut number 18, head coach Mike McCarthy talking about the tight end, Sam Laporta.
4: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I I think the biggest thing, um, you know, when you look at the, you go back and and, and look at the, you know, the college tape, I mean, it's, you know, you're always looking at the, you know, know, you're trying to project, you know, what's the ceiling on this. And I think, you know, one thing you saw with Sam was, you know, definitely in in Iowa's offense, um, you know, his ability to run block and, and you know he's, he was even able to you can see the, the the qualities he had as far as you know, being potentially a pass protector too. But you know the the snaps were limited in, in the passing game. But the the one thing that I that I recall was not only his ability to run you know, run routes and, and separate, but you know he was he was exceptional for a tight end with yards after the catch. So um, definitely I don't, I don't think this is anything. I mean, He's having a great year, obviously for a rookie. But um, you know I, I thought he was a very very well rounded tight end.
2: He is a very well-rounded tight end, and like McCarthy said, coming out of college, entering the draft, there wasn't too much tape on him carrying the football, but what you did see is the yards after the catches he mentioned, and so far this year in his rookie season, he has really been phenomenal. He's averaging 10.5 yards a catch. He has over 700, almost 800 receiving yards on the season, nine receiving touchdowns, tied for fourth at the position. He has been everything they could have asked for and a little bit more in that offense led by Jared Goff. He's really elusive for a guy his size at six foot three, 250. Uh, he's a guy that I know personally I would have loved during the draft season back in April. I was pulling for the Dallas Cowboys to take as depth at the tight end position second-round pick to the Detroit Lions out of Iowa. He's a really athletic guy that down the seam, he's pretty deadly because of that speed, but especially they love to get him in those crossing patterns and stuff as if he's a wide receiver. Just get him the ball with space in front of him, and he can make stuff happen, kind of like a Jake Ferguson here uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, where you've seen him make the jumps and take the leaps in game and making guys miss fighting through contact. This might be a guy that could uh, catch the Cowboys defense by surprise if they go sleepwalking into this game defensively.
3: Yeah, it could be. And that boy Laporte is nice. Don't get it twisted. I really like him. Great fantasy guy. Great run-after-catch guy. But Cowboys fans do not tremble too much because our Cowboys defense has been up. It's been down. It's been middle. It's been inconsistent. But one thing that has been consistent outside of George Kittle is the Cowboys when it comes to tight ends. They have allowed the fewest amount of receptions in the entire National Football League to tight ends with 55 and the fourth fewest yards in the National Football League to tight ends with 613. So they've done a good job of limiting these guys. They've only had two guys go over 60 yards. Um, One of those obviously being Kittle, who thrashes for three touchdowns. But they don't allow a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. Um, The receivers, even them, they kind of can hold that down. So I'm not too worried about Laporta. Obviously, the emphasis is... is on that running back and that two-headed monster. So that's what I'll be looking at. LaPorta will probably get a couple catches here and there. But for me personally, I don't think he'll be a game-breaker.
2: And the thing is, you mentioned there about the Cowboys this season historically being good against the tight end. Football, a lot of the time, I should say, ends up being a game of trends. And if you want to talk about trends, in in the last five games, LaPorta has five touchdowns and he is averaging 11 yards a catch in his last five games. It's really been uh, kind of a reawakening for this Lions offense in terms of the passing game here the past few games. You're starting to see him and some of the younger wide receivers on the outside really starting to take some steps forward in helping out Jared Goff because – you mentioned the Cowboys' defense, no slouches. They're not as good as we probably expected them to be this season. Or even because, as they started, we yeah, saw yeah, as the they quick start. blowouts. Absolutely, yeah. and you had a couple major injuries down the stretch. But uh, this is an offense that is looking to get right at the right time, and they're starting to get right at the right time. And I think this might be a good game for them to prove that they are one of the top dogs in the wild card race in the NFC because we've been—that's that, kind of been the focus of emphasis for me this week. Uh, throughout all the shows on the get right has been this wild card race in both conferences yep. has really gotten a lot more interesting than it had no business being
3: cuz we had the lions what started good and then it was falling off and then their defense getting exposed and then probably the worst loss of the season was the one on thanksgiving right they lost on thanksgiving correct they they i think really they choked away yeah, the game they did and so that was when i that was i think every team this year has had the you're not serious moment. Their flaws, whether that be the Miami losing to the Dolphins or mindless, Miami losing to the Titans late and falling apart. Obviously, I talked about Detroit. We could talk about a different bunch of different ones from Dallas. San Francisco's had theirs, the Cowboys. Everyone's had their little moments. So I think the Lions and Cowboys are actually kind of quite similar in the fact that they're both pretty inconsistent. Both of these teams have shown you we could be a Super Bowl winning team. And then they go and flop the next week. And they both have quarterbacks that kind of go up and down, so, I think they're quite similar teams, not necessarily in who they played and how they played, just their inconsistencies. And hopefully um, the Cowboys can right the ship and get back on track after this two-game losing streak.
2: Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see the battle of offenses here Ed, for Detroit. Out there, Jared Goff has really found something there. He's found a system that has worked for him. He hasn't been perfect as of late, which it felt like to start the season. That offense was pretty close to perfect. Uh, In terms of, uh, you know, pro football. But uh, I'm really intrigued to see that. And then looking at the injury report for the Lions, their final injury report going into the game tomorrow, uh, they do have a couple of guys out. Their safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, as the Cowboys faithful, should be pretty familiar with, as he spent last year, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Led the league in picks. He is out with a pectoral injury. Uh, You also have their backup tight end, Brock Wright, is out. And edge rusher James Houston out with an ankle, but quarterback Cam Sutton is questionable with a toe. And yep. you were talking about it in Crosstalk with G Bag just a few minutes ago how you know their pass defense is a group it's gettable. That, it, it's gettable. It's a it's a group that I think overall has been slept on because of the safety play, mm-hmm. but the corners not exactly great. Not a lot going there. And if Cam Sutton uh, goes into that game banged up, or if he just doesn't play at all there is an opportunity to get them with the Cowboys offense.
3: Only three teams have allowed more touchdowns to receivers than the Detroit Lions, and that's the Eagles, Commanders, Chargers. So the Lions are fourth on our list, so that bodes well for one CeeDee Lamb. Should have himself a – I would take the over. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Whatever the line is, whatever your fantasy is, this is a a week to play CeeDee Lamb. I really – Tell me if I'm wrong, Alec. I don't think anyone really can check him the entire game. I know Brian Branch is a good player and can do it a couple plays, but I don't know if anyone on that defense is going to be able to hold CeeDee Lamb and check the entire game. He should. This should be a big game for him, especially at home, everything going on.
2: Yeah, and John Machado of the athletic friend of the station put up a piece yesterday, yesterday insinuating that exact same thing. Yeah. That, look, CeeDee Lamb has been pretty vocal after practice this week saying that you know he's upset with what happened and how the game went down in terms of him not getting any targets, not even getting looked at for two quarters. And it wasn't from a personal standpoint. It was just a, you know, I think I can help the team. And I think that whenever I am getting that volume of receptions or even targets where I can try to draw a penalty, I'm doing good things for this offense and I'm helping move the ball. And this is a team that, look, they just don't have enough guys because they're not. They're not going to have a guy that's going to travel with the CD Lamb. They, no, no. They, they don't have any guy that is talented enough, in all honesty, to do that. It's going to be a little bit of a team effort. You're going to get lots of safety shadowing. You mentioned Branch, the safety. He's the one threat that I really don't even want to throw at at yeah, all because just, just go away from it. Just go away from him. Exactly. If you everyone can, everyone else. <laughs> and that's something that Dak Prescott to go on a little bit of a tangent about the offense has been really good at this year. Has been using his eyes to misdirect safeties, especially when they're playing a single high coverage. Mm-hmm. If he catches them going single high, he's done a really good job. You know, the whole West Coast offense that the Cowboys are preached and talked about implementing this season, all about timing. He knows exactly how for you know, three quarters of his time that he has to throw the ball on a given play to keep his head looking the opposite way, then pivot over, plant his feet, and throw it to CeeDee Lamb on the opposite side of the field. He's really good at misdirecting safety, yep. so if they can just get him, get Branch out of the play, then I like their chances on passing the ball.
3: And I'll throw you one more stat. This is a good one for if you're watching a game with your buddies at home or girlfriends or whatever and you're trying to keep up with the game flow. Detroit Lions have allowed the least amount of rushing yards in the National Football League, 884. Next closest is 977, and that's the Niners. So they haven't even allowed 900 rushing yards. So I, I I posed this as we just talked about C.D. Lamb having a big game. How much do you think they feature trying to get back on track with the running game with how good Detroit's run, run defense is and how bad their pass defense is? Do you think this is a game where it's completely unbalanced and we're just throwing the ball over the place, or do you think it will be a more balanced attack?
2: I think it might get unbalanced pretty quick because I think this could be a shootout. Yeah, I really do because this is a Lions passing offense that ranks number nine in the NFL as it stands. And when they even opposing good defenses, they've gotten really high quarterback ratings out of Jared Goff. That system out there that they're running, Dan Campbell and his staff, they know what they're doing to get the ball in the air. So I feel like especially if Detroit gets the ball first, I could see this being a very pass heavy. You see a 42 to 45 passing attempt game mm-hmm. from number four at the QB position. I could totally see it getting unbalanced pretty quick. And it's not even the fact that the Lions' offense or Jared Goff specifically is just that good. This scheme allows him to have so many options on any given pass play. To where they are putting up really, really good numbers against pretty solid passing defenses, and you know whether you think of them as one or not, the Cowboys' pass defense has been pretty good this yeah. season. They're eighth in the league in pass defense, yep. and so it's it's one of those battles. Of something's got to give, right? The unstoppable force versus the immovable object. You got to see something give there. But uh, I, I totally do think that at some point, maybe even early on, this is going to be a pretty pass-heavy shootout. Um, and I think that's good for the fan, you know, for, for the casual football fan. For the and kids. for the station. Yeah, and for the station because we want you to listen. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that this is good for football, but I think it's bad for any given football team in that scenario because obviously you want to keep the ball out of harm's way. And it feels like we've been trying for weeks now to get Tony Pollard in that running game yeah. right. And another reason why I don't think they're going to get it right this week Rico Dowdle yeah, was out no, with an Reek. ankle injury.
3: Do we think we see some Deuce and some Lipke? Or do you think they literally just go Pollard, and if it's not Pollard, we're throwing the ball?
2: I know that McCarthy said with Sean and RJ this morning that Deuce Vaughn will be up, and they said that they do have some planned packages for him to get the football. Yeah. So I think we will see him, and I just pray that it's not in cute... Situations
3: Into rounds. Yes, like, you know, okay, double
2: over, reverses and, you know, really complex screens or whatever, or running back draws where they're just trying to get him a ton of open space in the dumbest ways. I don't want to see that like they were trying to do with Cavante Turpin a yep. few weeks back. And I don't want to see over that. Over,
3: under, six touches for Deuce. Under. Okay. What you think or what you want? Or both?
2: I think a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> because okay. as much as it pains me to say I don't think Deuce Vaughn has showed us anything yeah. to warrant that kind of workload. Mm-hmm. And it just goes back to what we were talking about, an unbalanced football game. I don't think that's going to warrant
3: him getting yeah. any
2: more than that. Are I we really get, don't.
3: Are we going to get Jared Goff? Are we going to get Jared Good? Are we going to get Jared Goof? <laughs> Hopefully the latter.
2: <laughs> what a great way of phrasing that question. I think we're going to get Jared Goff. Honestly, yeah. I, I think we're going to get a Hungry Lions offense, and I think, Hey, I was talking about this with CA last night, the Cowboys historically don't play well when they're inducting dudes into the ring of honor, or they have like a big halftime ceremony that's important to the fans and important to the franchise. So, you know, we're talking about football being a game know. of trends.
3: I just have an ugly thought that they could go and stink this thing. I don't know. Dolly Parton was pretty important to the franchise, her, her little performance.
2: To their merch sales, yeah. That T-shirt <laughs> that had her on there with the Cowboys star. Yeah, they went through like three shipments of that within they the first 24 hours.
3: They should have done the one of her in her cheerleader outfit. All right. Might have sold out in the stadium.
2: All right. All right, Blake, I know where your mind is. You're trying to win that last piece of chocolate that we're having a a, a show tournament over. But that's a conversation around the uh, Detroit Lions and their rookie tight end that has been sensational in Sam Laporta. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. We are your home of Dallas Cowboys football. So coming up next, let's talk Cowboys, Lions, and everything in between with Nicole Hutchinson of DallasCowboys.com. We do that next on the Get Right.
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Back here on the get right on five three. The Fan. It's Alec Medford and Blake Elliott, The Fan Phenom, with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up on the other side, we'll take a trip around the association, get you some of the latest updates across the NBA, including the big three might finally be back out there in Phoenix. That's coming up in about 18 minutes or so. But now we go out to the hotline and we chat from DallasCowboys.com. She is Nicole (laughs) Hutchinson. Nicole, what's up? How's it going? Long time no speak. Uh, We got a short week for the Cowboys here and for you. I know you were out there at Hard Rock Stadium for the Cowboys-Dolphins game. Now on Saturday, you have another big matchup, an NFC matchup between uh, the Cowboys and the Lions. A big day all around. But on the short week specifically, how are we feeling about this offensive line and their health going into the game?
4: Uh, Man, Um, me personally, I'm just uh, (sighs) – I'm just praying that this offensive line holds up uh, because it's not going to be easy against this Lions defensive front. I mean, they're physical, they're big, they've got a lot of size up there. Um, and the thing is about Chuma, you saw so many different, like, um, mental lapses last week against the Dolphins. You just don't want to see that against a team like this. Um, and, and, I mean, this team's confident. I know Mike McCarthy is confident in, um, you know, making sure that offensive line is playing um, dip, discipline. So, I, I'm just hoping that they can at least, like, be creative like they were doing, bringing maybe some guys down there to help on the sides, uh, maybe, like, some extra pass pro with Jake Ferguson, uh, Hunter Lemke, uh That'd be great. Uh, so, They got to just make those adjustments. I'm feeling good. I hope that they can get the job done and hold up because they need to against this Lions defensive front.
1: (laughs)
2: Almost had to put out a missing persons report for the Cowboys left tackle position during the game. But uh, you have the ninth-ranked Lions passing offense versus the eighth-ranked Cowboys pass defense. Something has to give. Who do you think has the better matchups there?
4: Oh, that's a good one, man. Uh, I think the Cowboys have the advantage just because, I mean, you think about our playmakers, right? We've got CD, we've got Brandon Cooks, uh, all those guys, so many weapons to utilize. But the thing is, is that this offense hasn't really performed like they've shown that they can perform, right? I mean, this is a team that can average at least 30 points a game offensively. Uh, but now you're looking at this defensive secondary, right? They've got a guy, I I, I always mess up his name, and I do not want to mess up his name. They call him Iffy, so I'm just going to stick with Iffy if um uh, love Swan Wu, uh, but no, I mean, he's a guy that's a rookie playing young, very young, but he's one of the best guys on that team in that secondary. Uh, he And they kind of, the, the way that they play defense, they bring a lot of safety down to um, kind of, you know, drop down and um, play in the run game uh, and tackle. So I, I think that that's also something to really watch out for, but I think the Cowboys have the advantage we just got to go out there and produce. And Mike that comes down to Mike McCarthy and his play calling. He's got to be creative.
3: Hola Nicole. It's Blake. Okay, I got a question for you. <laughs> what, what is a player that is not getting maybe the snaps that you think that should get a little bit more snaps, a little bit more playing time? One guy that comes to mind is Juanye Thomas, um, mm-hmm. Hunter Lipke. We were all kind of promoting for. So who is someone that's not getting that many snaps that you think He's should not, get some more? Sure.
4: I'm going Hunter Lemke, and I'm saying just that because if you look at the season's uh, stats for him, six carries, 19 yards, a touchdown, then you have three catches, 18 yards for him. Um, I mean, you want to see him and what he can do, right, in the run game, Um, and as far as pass blocking as well, he's so good. Uh, And I know that fumble on the first drive of last week's game didn't really give him any justice, but I, I mean, he showed in training camp, even though I wasn't here, I was able to look back and see what he did in training camp, that he's he can be a guy that can be um, very productive for this offense.
3: Follow-up. We got mm-hmm. Panay Sewell, maybe one of the best right tackles, if not the best right tackle. Micah Parsons mm-hmm. right in front of him. You think Micah mm-hmm. Parsons goes head, head up with him, moves around the line, and if he does, how many uh, wins do you think he gets? Is this a big Micah Parsons game, or is Panay Sewell
4: going to zero amount? <laughs> I'm not going to go against Michael Parsons. I'm sorry. I, I, I got to just go with Michael Parsons. Um, I mean, it also just depends on where they line him up as mm-hmm. either. Because uh, you don't really know. I mean, last week he did kind of play a little linebacker as well. So it really just depends on what Dan Quinn kind of really placed him. But I think they line him up on the side with uh, I I think Michael Parsons got it.
2: It's Nicole Hutchinson of DallasCowboys.com joining us right here on one hundred 105.3 The Fan. And you mentioned Dan Quinn there. And one thing that he kind of strayed away from, it felt like against the Dolphins, was uh, he didn't really dial up as many pressures. It seemed like they mm-hmm. wanted to commit to the run a little bit more by setting the edge. What do you think the plan yeah. of attack is defensively against the Lions?
4: Hmm, that's a good one. Uh, I think for us, I think the thing is just really playing our game right he's got to be able to adjust in game um and you didn't really see the fact that that Dan Quinn really cooked something up differently in the second half they kind of just played the same way the entire entire game um and and that's something that you really just have to be on the lookout for I think Dan Quinn's really just got to be able to make those in-game adjustments against his Lions team
3: Well, speaking of in-game adjustments, we saw C.D. Lamb (laughs) kind of get phased out almost by his own O.C. last week and Mike McCarthy. Obviously, I think it's quite clear that he'll be the focus like he usually is on the offensive side of the ball. Who do you see as that second point of attack guy being this week for that offense outside of C.D. Lamb?
4: Hmm. I'm going to go Brandon Cooks or maybe even Jake Ferguson. Uh, I don't know. You can do so many different things, but I think the way that uh, with the way that this Detroit Lions defense plays you can also even make in and involve the running backs in the passing game um kind of like involves some misdirection a little bit uh with the way that they play you can be creative in so many different ways so I, I, I'm gonna say maybe Brandon Cooks but if you want to bring a running back in the passing game maybe Hunter Limke or even Tony Pollard get him involved as well.
2: Rico Dowdle down with an ankle injury. Mike McCarthy told the morning show this morning here on the fan that Deuce Vaughn will be up and they do have some packages for him. What do you think that balance looks like? And really, do you think this is the game that they even tried to get the running game right? Or is it going to be more of a pass frenzy, if you will?
4: I did just have to stick to what they've been doing. Um, This passing game has always opened up the run for this team. I mean, usually the run game opens up the passing game, but that's just not how this this Cowboys offense um, is motored. So you just got to stick to what you've been doing. Um, And and I know Deuce Vaughn, even though he's been inactive the past couple of weeks, I'm sure that he's been learning a lot and using this time to, you know, get some legs under him, get – get some extra knowledge. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, what he's been learning the past couple of weeks and putting that on display on Saturday.
2: What was your favorite moment in your conversation with Oso DeGizuwa earlier?
4: <laughs> um, all of it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, no, Oso's, Oso's great. Uh, one thing actually is funny. Uh, I had asked him about Mozzie Smith, right? Since, you know, Jonathan Hankins um, will not be here on Saturday. So it, it he just was so confident in Mozzie and I think that a lot of people don't give him grace, the grace that he really needs. Um, you know, his first year, you've got to still develop. He's still young. Um, and that's something that Osa really had um, acknowledged that the fact that he's gaining some confidence um, over the past two starts and he, he's just looking forward to seeing um, the, you know, level of confidence that he kind of grows into. So that, I think that was actually one of my favorite things. seeing a guy like that, um, you know, shed some light
3: on that. Nicole, I got a, I got an important question (laughs) for you. What is your new year's Eve traditions? Are you someone that writes the (laughs) list of things that you're going to change? Are you a black eyed peas girl? Are you spending with the family? What is the tradition that's held in your household?
4: Um, so no judgment here. Uh, I actually go out with my dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I go out with my dad. Hey, he's um, a cool
2: dude. We we can't yeah. we can't disregard <laughs> that fact if he didn't right? know.
4: Yeah, I mean, I go out with my dad and celebrate New Year's that way. My mom's not really a going out person. Plus, they're separated. But with my mom, I'll do like a black eyed peas and um, lettuce, and we like wrap them. And she always says that you know you'll never go broke, so we will always just wrap those and keep them. Yeah, going <laughs> <to go.
2: laughs> I need one of those. <laughs> yeah. I know, I need one too. So so,
4: so yeah, that's kind of like my New Year's Eve traditions. <laughs>
2: are you one of those people that tends to think that new year's resolutions are dumb and or overrated
4: no of course not i do it every year okay. now do i stick to it uh, that's, <laughs> that's
3: a whole different conversation, conversation. Hey, hey january 1st that, january 1st that gym is packed yeah
4: stay man. away from the
2: gyms on january 1st that's the one day you're no, allowed to that's miss
4: what i do all the time i always say i'm gonna work out every single day and then i'll do it for like a month after the new year and the next thing you know it just it just stops
2: that's <laughs> so just how it goes man it. I swear, the, the first is the one day that I'm like, I don't mind if I miss that because the gym, whether it's like I've got one in the neighborhood that we can go to just as part of living in that little area in that little suburb. And like every first of the year, it's always packed. I go to a Crunch Fitness in Arlington, packed on the first. Okay. I tell myself, just stay away on the first. You can get it in <laughs> the rest of the way. But what is your uh, Cowboys New Year's resolution for them going into the new year and going into the postseason?
4: Oh, I need them to just be who they are, and that's win. Um, Mm. That's all I want for them. I need them to win and then keep winning because I'm not trying to end my season covering this team anytime soon. So, yeah, just win. That's all.
2: And this is alluding to our question of the day, Blake, that you'll hear at 1020. What is your personal New Year's resolution?
4: Ooh. Dang it. Y'all would get me with some good ones. Um, No wrong answers. (laughs) I would say for me, um, being confident in who I am. Mm. I'd say, yeah, that's that's more so like what I'm working towards. Um, Yeah, I'd say that one. That's something that I've kind of struggled with, especially in this industry, just being that confident person um and who I am. So yeah, that's something that I'm I'm going to be working on in 2024.
2: Well, we'll give you the confidence <laughs> boost on 100,000 watts of saying Nicole Hutchison does great work over there for the Dallas Cowboys on dallascowboys.com. You can hear her on the Thanks Cowboys too. Hour, you can see her on Bally Sports even sometimes after you're watching the Stars <laughs> game as they're down 2 to 1 to Chicago, all kinds mm-hmm. of platforms at n tv on Twitter if you want to find her great work. Nicole, always great to catch up and we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the game tomorrow.
4: Thank you guys so much. Bye.
2: Bye. And there she goes, Nicole Hutchison of DallasCowboys.com. Good enough to join us here on 105.3 The Fan. And I'm telling you, Derek Eagleton over there. Cowboys.com he's got an eye for talent because they are putting out some incredible work Nick Harris Patrick Walker of course who you can hear with Sean and RJ in the mornings throughout the week all kinds of great stuff Mickey Spagnola even which you know him he's been around forever uh, and we will have him on the KNC masterpiece as well but there's a lot to look forward to with this game. We got Jimmy Johnson going into the ring of honor at halftime. You can hear it right here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. Blake, you're going to be there. Right I'm on. sure this is a great moment, by the way. Wink, wink for you to plug your socials so people can check it out during the game. At
3: Blake Live underscore followed by another underscore. We will try I don't to, know that's, why. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. It's Maybe that's what we should session. dedicate a segment to tomorrow
2: is like <laughs> workshopping your Twitter name. It's like.
3: changing that. Um. But, yeah, if you want live updates, what is it like in a booth? I'll be sitting right next to Brian Broaddus, CA, Woolchuck, whoever wow. else decides to join us, Bobby running around. So if you want live reactions, follow me on Twitter, and I'll let you know what it's like in the booth while we watch the Cowboys get a dub.
2: And if you are away from the phone, but you've got a radio, you've got the Odyssey Mm -hmm. app, you've got Twitch with you. Our pregame begins live from the booth at AT AT&T Stadium at 4 o'clock tomorrow with Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broaddus right after the Specs Tailgate Show with myself and the fan Phenom Blake Elliott. It is us. Right here on the fan. We will visit with uh, the voice of the Lions, Dan Miller, Chris Arnold. He's got his player profile as he has each and every week this week with the former Detroit Lion, J. Ron Curse. And you have kickoff at 7.15. You have the halftime show as well with Zach Woolchuck, Brian Broaddus. Breaking down the first half, you'll hear the induction ceremony, I'm sure, of that. And you have post-game coverage going all the way until 1 o'clock in the morning. They're
3: warriors for that. I with would never.
2: Woolchuck and Brian Broaddus, the Super Bowl-winning NFL scout With the Green Bay Packers, but he is ours now, so you get all of that um, great content right here on 105.3 The Fan, your home of Dallas Cowboys football. You can't get it anywhere else, people. Excited to be with you guys tomorrow, but hey, we're looking too far ahead. We still got a show ahead of us, and coming up next right here on The Get Right, let's go around the association. Beal is back. The Pistons refuse to win, and who's on track to lose out on end-of-season awards because... Of missed playing time. We'll talk about that next on The Fan.
1: If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP.
2: You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich
1: golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
0: Two more rings, two more.
1: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella. Remarkable fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago,
2: Illinois. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan. We'll take a trip around the association here in just a moment. And coming up at the top of the hour is Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy driving the Cowboys offensive success. We will talk about that to open up our number two, two. Wow. Here on the Get Right. My name is Alec Medford. That's the fan phenom Blake Elliott. And we are in a competition to see who gets this last piece of chocolate that was left
3: by Eric Chiafalo. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't know why. Y'all can't know the reasoning.
2: Yeah, and just know that Blake started off the show very strongly with a great reason why he deserves it. (laughs) And I'm not happy about it. So I got to get – at the top of the hour, I'll crack open the can of C4, and that's mm. when that's when I'll have my chance. That's all when breaks loose at that point. Yes, all gas, no breaks. Shout out mm-hmm. Steve Sarkeesian. But let's take our trip around the association as we've got plenty of NBA action, not including your Dallas Mavericks, as they played a pretty close game in what you could have said was a scheduled loss with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving out against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have been really, really good this season. Uh, so no Mavs basketball tonight, but across the league, some scores that you got going on in the third quarter. Got the Knicks and Magic. The Magic up pretty big, 72-54. Yep. to 54. Apollo season. So there you have it there. Uh, Julius Randle is leading all scorers right now with 22 points. Top of the fourth quarter between the Brooklyn Nets and the Washington
3: Wizards. They let, me are- guess, let me guess who's winning. The t- Wizards are somehow winning, and Jordan Poole's going crazy.
2: No and no. Okay. Uh, Jordan Poole <laughs> is not the leading scorer for the Wizards, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets are up by two okay, at the beginning so of the fourth quarter. Okay, It's halftime in Atlanta between the Hawks and the Sacramento Kings. The Hawks up big on the Kings, 71-53 at half. Demonis Sabonis, 12 points, uh, but DeJounte Murray leading all scorers with 16 Keep an eye on the name. DeJounte Murray saw Shamsharania on The Athletic on his weekly newsletter put out that he is a very popular name in trade talks here as of the last week. So keep an eye on that. The former San Antonio Spur, if that uh, name sounds familiar, halftime between the Raptors and the Celtics who almost lost to the Detroit Pistons.
3: They did. They did almost lose.
2: But almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. They won in overtime. The Celtics up on the Raptors at half 68-53. to Jalen Brown and uh, the one hand that he knows how to dribble with. Up with 24 points in the game. Halftime between the Cavs and the Bucks, 59-52. The Cavs up at home. Jared Allen having a big night. 18 points. Just two boards away from a double-double. And then you have the only other game in action right now between the Rockets and the 76ers in Houston. The Rockets up four points early in the second quarter, 38-34. Fred Van Vliet has 11. Tyrese Maxey leading all scores with 15. And we will keep you up to date if anything crazy happens across the association tonight, like Jordan Poole going off and winning this game for the five-win Wizards against the 15-win Brooklyn Nets. It's possible. Anything is possible, but nah, uh, you can count me out on that one. We do have a really good matchup coming up at the top of the hour in Denver between the Nuggets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Nikola Jokic will go to battle as two of the MVP frontrunners. Shea Gilgis-Alexander having a fantastic year, 31.1 points per game. Uh, And C.A., and I talked about it yesterday yesterday, There was an interesting piece of audio that came out from Doc Rivers on the Bill Simmons podcast that we played last night, Blake. And it was Doc Rivers talking about the trade to get Paul George where they had to give up SGA to get him in town to appease a Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And Doc Rivers said, "Uh, I don't know if Kawhi was being totally truthful when he said, I need Paul George there. He was like, I think he was bluffing. And he was like, I'm 90% sure that he was bluffing all said and done. So imagine what could have been. Imagine what could have been if you had a team in LA called the Clippers with SGA on that team among the other superstars.
3: Well, I I think these things are fun to think about, but development is everything in your environment. So I don't think he would have been the player he was, especially when you have those different players around you. So I think him being able to be the leader is why he's an MVP candidate this year and was kind of one uh, sneaking up last year. So... You know, super teams are great and all, but I'm glad SJ is where he is, and he's, uh, he's thriving. He's thriving there running the Oklahoma City Thunder.
2: He's been incredible, really fun to watch, and the Thunder, we also threw around the idea of if the Thunder should just go ahead and go make their move at the deadline this year. And
3: see, I already, I already have my opinion on this, and what I think and it's changing because I think I had said yes, but I think they should write it out. No trades. Hmm. This year, because they're so young. Almost everyone on that team hasn't played in a in a playoff game. So you need to see what you have. You need to go play a playoff game. You know, I mean you're kind of evaluate, evaluating chet, whatever, but I'm more for the other guys. See what you have. Where are our limitations? What do we need? Do we need another wing? Do we need another score? Do we need another defender? Do we need an interior defender? What do we need in those seven-game playoff series? Because you don't know. You're gonna make all these changes. And then go to the playoffs, and then it might, you might have solved or you might do a problem that you didn't have or still have a wound that you have. I think you go to battle with these guys, see what you have, see what your limitations are, see you're, how far you can get with these guys. Maybe they make it to the Western Conference Finals with these guys. Maybe they get bounced in the first round. You, yeah. f- you figure out, and then you go into next year with all those draft picks, all of those assets, all of those players that are proven, and then make your move. Me personally, that's what I would do.
2: I just texted our resident Oklahoma City Thunder uh, aficionado. Remember that, Blake? aficionado. Aficionado. There we go. Um uh, Ruben Portillo, one of our great engineers here at Odyssey, but used to be a producer for us here on the night show as well. Uh just texted him and got his opinion. We'll see what he says because I think it could be fun. I like your idea of just seeing where they're at now because like you said, that's a really young team that is playing out of their minds mm-hmm. for where they're supposed to be in their progression and Ruben, I think he's actually listening because he texted back instantly. And said write it out. So, yeah. uh, you know, I I think it was J.J. Reddick on the Old Man in Three yeah, podcast yeah. was talking about that. And I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thinking the same thing like, oh, I can't wait to see where this team is at the end of the season. And then he brought that up. And I was like, if it's the right piece, yeah. it might be interesting. But yeah, Ruben following up, he said, just fix it in the off season yeah. because you'll have problems that will pop up. Yeah. Uh, so you don't still. know what these
3: guys are going to do. Some players may look a lot better in the postseason. Some may look a lot worse. And you'll know.
2: Yeah, it's just a really intriguing team to watch because they're really a couple of years ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. and I really enjoy watching them. You know who's behind schedule?
3: I have a guess. Who? Does it end in Liston and strike with Retroit?
2: No. We'll oh. get there in a second. <laughs> I don't think they're behind schedule. I think they're just <laughs> even further behind where they're supposed to be. But a team that's behind schedule... The Phoenix Suns.
3: Oh, I didn't see it. They don't even cross my mind. They, yeah, I exactly. They they That's close.
2: the point they've gotten to. They had this big three that they put together, all and hired. you don't even think about them anymore. Yeah. And you just said it a few minutes ago, you know, super teams are fun and all, but look what happens with them. And at 8 o'clock tonight, the Suns will be hosting the Hornets. Why am I telling you about this? Well, Phoenix Suns guard Bradley Beal will play Friday. That's today, if you didn't know. Uh, because all the days this week have run together. Uh, After missing five games with the ankle injury that he sustained back on the 15th of December, I want to say, got rolled up on in transition. It happens, and luckily it wasn't as bad as it looked on TV, but uh, it was a game against the New York Knicks. Landed awkwardly after hitting a pull-up three-pointer in the first quarter, and a flagrant foul was issued, this, that, and the other but he missed 5 games you know he's 30 years old he's only played in 6 games this season and he's averaged 14.7 points uh the suns went 2 and 3 in his most recent absence and have a 15 and 15 record on the season so the big 3 they're back let's see how long it lasts point guard devin everyone was wanting to see
3: it you got it and i mean there's still time for them to surge right i sure. mean it, it, i'm not a believer i And that Mavs game, their body language is bad. Playing basketball aside, body language was bad. I noticed it looking through the TV. I was like, man, this doesn't look like a team. Were you getting the vibe out that they like playing with each other? Any of them out there? I know it's messy to speculate, but I really didn't. No, no. We don't know these players personally. I'm just telling you what it looked like. I could be completely wrong. I'm just saying like, it didn't look like, oh, these guys enjoy playing with each other. Even when they were up. It
2: seemed like a... This sounds might sound odd, but it sounded like they were playing really stressful basketball. Yeah. Like when you watched, it just seemed like there was a lot of flared tempers. Yes. Like especially it seemed like the same thing that people harp on Luka Doncic for uh-huh. in terms of the referee uh-huh. uh altercations, that was happening like every play yeah. in a stoppage in play. It felt like they they were coping. Yeah. It felt like they were coping for offensive inefficiencies by begging for fouls because they knew that they were going to generate their points at the foul
3: stripe. I mean, Kevin Durant went quiet. I he really did. Last time he was in Dallas, he I think he hit the game winner. He was going crazy. This game, I was like, Is Kevin Durant in the game? He's like, He's like stopping at half court, three point line, didn't touch the ball a bunch of possessions. So they got some things to figure out. But you know, a team that's got more to figure out. Go ahead and say what it rhymes with again, because I like how you said it. The Detroit Listens, and that's what we might have to rename them. Man, are they bad? And they're actually relegate them. They the, the fact is, and this is this is my theory, and I, I've seen it circulating on Twitter and I'm kind of combining stuff. They might not win another game, Alec. And I say that because they had a twenty point lead and they blew it, right? To so a very good team that's actually never been down twenty the entire season in the Boston Celtics. But now, because they hold the single season record or something like that, but they still got another record to beat, right? It's it's at twenty nine, I believe. Is that it right now? It could be thirty, or is it at twenty eight? Yeah, so
2: last night, they lost their 28th streak, okay. which ties the longest streak in NBA history. Sixers, right?
3: Yes. And so if they lose to the Raptors tomorrow, it'll be the longest losing streak in a season at 29, correct? Yes. Okay, so this is the thing, Alec. This is the reverse psychology part of it. No team wants to be the team that blows that and gets beat by this team. So if you saw, it was like Game 7, Pistons versus Celtics last night, win to overtime. You don't want to be the coach that puts a game plan together that – the 28 loss in a row, Pistons beat you. They couldn't break the record on you. You let them get the win, so they might not win another game. I'm, I'm taking the under. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't hate it, but uh, it, it's kind of sad. I feel bad for a guy like Cade Cunningham who's going out Ball there. And putting. Win. He's Ball putting up 40 a night, but again, they did lose their 28th straight, which – Is now tied for the longest losing streak in NBA history, which was over two seasons years ago. October 28th. Yeah, this is the longest single season, but it's tied for the longest ever in NBA history. And it's also tied for the longest losing streak in any of the NFL, Mm. NHL,
3: MLB, or NBA, they haven't won since October 28th, Alec. You know what's happened since then? Obviously, a million holidays.
2: The Rangers won the World Series. Rangers
3: have won a, literally. The Rangers have won a baseball game. Yeah, they won three before the Detroit Pistons won. <laughs> who've played a million more games? Bradley Beal has got hurt, came back, got hurt, and came back again. We've had me get introduced to the show. <laughs> yeah,
2: there's been a lot of. Uh, a lot of intriguing things that have happened since
3: then. Let's go Pistons. I think they. You think they win tomorrow? Yes or no? No. I don't know, man. And you I, see how quick that was? <laughs> no. I. I don't think any team's going to let them beat them. You can't be the team. You're going to go down in history books as the team that let them beat them. <laughs> That's
2: incredible. Um uh, a last thing here around the association, I saw the Athletic is keeping track of some of the bigger names that have missed a lot of time and names that are either trending towards being ineligible for postseason awards or are close to it. Ja Morant, obviously missing 25 games with his suspension. He is out of any kind of consideration for awards. Draymond Green, current indefinite suspension, likely eliminates him from any Defensive Player of the Year conversations if he would have even been in them because he's already missed 16 games. Uh, Bam Adebayo with the Heat, he can only miss seven more games. Uh, this season, for Defensive Player of the Year consideration, Jamal Murray of the Nuggets, he's already missed 14 games uh, but could have made a run at All-NBA. Jaden McDaniels with the Timberwolves, he's missed 10 games. All defense teams could be in jeopardy. Kyrie Irving, he's missed 14 games and is usually in the mix for All-NBA. So those are a few marquee names that because of this new you know load management, like the task against it, some guys that might miss out on some recognition and or some extra cash. But well, that,
3: you know who didn't miss out on recognition? Wingstop. Because they're never going to have to give away those five free wings. They're never, never going to win.
2: They're <laughs> very happy with their margins going into the first quarter of 2024. Free, free
3: advertisement at this
2: point. That's your trip around the association right here with the get right on 105.3 The Fan. And coming up next, we open up our number two with another Cowboys conversation courtesy of Jory Epstein. Is Dak Prescott or Mike McCarthy driving the Cowboys' offensive success? What do you think? 877-881-1053. We'll talk about it next on your Home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?